0: On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we share the story of Kiera Coles from Chicago, Illinois, a beautiful 26-year-old pregnant woman who disappeared on October 3rd, 2018, after she called out sick from work. Three years later, there is still no trace of Kiera, and her family is desperate for answers. This is Kiera's story. In the fall of 2018, Kira is a beautiful, vibrant 26-year-old who is just beginning to spread her wings. Kiera had begun working for the post office back in 2015, where she worked as a mail carrier. Um, Kira had recently moved into her own apartment on the south side of Chicago, and she just purchased a car. So by all accounts, at this moment in Kira's life, she was a happy young woman whose life was really just beginning to take off. She was a typical twenty-something. She was active on social media, especially Snapchat, according to her mother, Karen. Kira even has a boyfriend at this time. His name is Josh, uh, who she's been with for about six years. So life is really good for Kira at this time. Around that same time in 2018, Kira finds out that she's pregnant. And although her and Josh's relationship had been kind of on and off over the past six years, Kira was happy about the pregnancy. Kira's father had even told NBC's Dateline that she was excited to be a first-time mom. So according to Kira's mom, Karen, Kira had planned this pregnancy. So it was something that she really wanted. So Karen Phillips is Kira's mom. And by all accounts, Kira was super close to her mom. Kiera spoke to her mom like every day. So that is why, according to Karen, when she didn't hear from Kiera all day on October 3rd, 2018, she suspected something was wrong. Kiara had taken off work on October the 1st and October the 2nd to take care of some personal business, uh, which included her first doctor's appointment, which we all know if you've been pregnant before, like the first doctor's appointment is really a big deal. So, um, and she was going to hear the baby's heartbeat, which is also a really big deal for, you know, when when you're pregnant. Um, So, Just a little tidbit. When I first began to research this case, um, multiple news reports stated that Kiara had went missing on October 2nd. And even if you look now, like there's still news articles that say she went missing on October 2nd. Um, But that is widely disputed by other reportings, including interviews done by her family. Um, And so what we know is that Kiara actually went missing on October the 3rd. So again, Kiara, according to mom, Karen, took off those first two days in October. Apparently, one of those days, of course, was for that October 2nd doctor's appointment that Kiara was having uh, to hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time. So Karen actually spoke to Kiara on October the 2nd. And, you know, Kiara was happy. She told her that she heard the baby's heartbeat for the first time. uh, So she was excited Uh, Kier also tells Karen that uh, Josh will be coming over later that night and so everything really seems normal. Kira was also seen by her friend, Makita Bryant, who tells Fox 32 that she saw Kira that day and that Kira had gone to the doctor's appointment and that she had also gone to the WIC office. So for those who don't know what WIC is, WIC stands for Women, Infant, and Children. It's a program where you will go and they will give you vouchers. And then you can go to their grocery store and you can get formula. um, You can get uh, baby food, fruit. Vegetables, things like that, for the baby. So the fact that Kara is, you know, going to her doctor's appointment and then going to the WIC office indicates to us once again that she's excited and that she's preparing for her pregnancy and for the baby to come. So October third, everything seems normal. Uh, Kara's mom hasn't heard from her that day, and when she attempts to call Kira, her phone is going straight to voicemail. So after a full day goes by, on Thursday, October 4th, Kira's mom, Karen, still hasn't heard from Kira. Her gut starts to tell her that something isn't right. She hasn't spoken to her since Tuesday at this point, and her daughter's phone is still going straight to voicemail. Now, according to Kara's mom, in an interview that she gives to a local radio station a few days after Kara goes missing, she said that after not hearing from her daughter, she said that she didn't want to overreact, so she waited. She actually went to work and decided that she would go over to Kara's apartment to check on her during her lunch break. Uh, Kara's phone, of course, at this point is still going to voicemail, but when Karen arrives at Kara's apartment, she sees her car parked outside. This gives Karen a little bit of, uh, you know, solace, a little, makes her feel a little bit better for the moment because she saw her car outside. So Karen decides she's going to go back to work um, and continue to call Kara's phone and see what happens from there. So she does this, that, just that. She goes back to work. She continues to call Kara's phone. Kara's phone continues to go to voicemail. At this point, she starts to realize that Kira hasn't posted on her social media accounts. So, like we said earlier, Kira was very active on social media, especially her Snapchat. So, her mom at this point is starting to realize that there's like no way that even if Kira's phone was broken, what she started to think may be a possibility that she would go this long without contacting her. Karen said that Kara would have called her from someone else's phone at this point and said, hey, mom, like, my phone is broken. So the fact that she hasn't done this means that something is clearly wrong and Karen is getting worried. At some point that day, Karen calls Kara's job. And this is when she finds out that Kara didn't report to work on October the 3rd. They tell Kara's mom that Kara called out on the 3rd, stating that she was sick and that she didn't report to work on the 4th. And I know you're thinking, well, was that really Kiera? You know, was it someone else calling out for Kiera? Um, But according to Kiera's mom, the post office says that it was definitely Kiera. Um, Kiera, Karen also calls Josh, Kiera's boyfriend. And, you know, Kiera's boyfriend's like, I have not spoken to her. I have not seen her. Um, And so this is when panic sets in. Um, Kiera's mom contacts the Chicago PD on Thursday, October the 4th, um, and asks them to meet her, meet them at her daughter's house to do a welfare check. So um, they meet Karen at Kara's apartment. And when they enter Kara's apartment, the apartment is empty. Now, um, once again, the reporting says different things. I've saw reporting that said when they entered the apartment, her purse was inside. Um, You know, I've seen, you know, reporting saying that, you know, they found her phone inside. Um, But that seems to all kind of be disputed. There's also um, reporting that says that uh, after the police entered Kiera's apartment, they did kind of a preliminary search around the apartment building and found her car. And that's when they kind of knew that something was wrong. Um, But according to Kiera's mom, Kiera's mom had already saw the car in front of the apartment building. So the police couldn't have discovered the car. Kiera's mom would have told them, hey, her car is parked outside. So, um, you know, that's a little bit of kind of the reporting in the story that's kind of, you know, if you're looking this up on your own, it's kind of a little janky. So another piece of janky reporting is that the cops are the ones who find Kiera's purse and phone in her car uh on the front seat. But that's actually not true. Kiera's mom finds Kiera's purse. So during that interview that uh her girlfriend Makita gives to Fox 32, her family actually locates the purse and has the purse with them and is putting it into a plastic bag for evidence. So they actually had just found uh, Kira's purse when the news was there. And what they found was Kira's phone. So what they already knew was that Kira didn't leave on her own. And with the finding of the phone, that was just confirmation. So Police had launched an investigation into Kira's disappearance. Because she was three months pregnant, they classified her as a high-risk missing person. Um, And Kira's family immediately started to search all over Chicago for her. They began to knock on doors. They began to ask anybody, had they seen anything? Had they heard anything? They created missing persons flyers. And they began to pass them out all over the neighborhood that Kira lived in. Soon after Kira is reported missing, a neighbor's surveillance camera captures what appears to be the last known images of Kira. At this point, Kiara has been missing for over a week, but a neighbor's surveillance video is released to the public. And this video shows a young black woman walking down the street where Kira's apartment is located. Now this video is not the best quality, but what can be seen is that the young woman in the video is wearing a postal uniform. Now, this video is stamped for October 3rd at 11.45am, the day before Kira is reported missing by her mom. The video is alarming for several reasons. First, the woman in the video is wearing a postal uniform. But why would Kira be wearing her uniform at 11.45 when she called out sick that morning? And the video also shows her walking past her car, which is another red flag. And when we go back to some of the discrepancies in the reporting, one of the things that I saw in one of the articles was that her lunch was found in the car. So at the time, this lends to a theory that something is really wrong. Like we see Carrie on the video, we see her in her uniform and her lunch is packed, but she's walking past her car on the morning that she's called out sick. So this you know, obviously doesn't really make any sense. So once the video hits the media, the public starts to take notice of this case and Kira's story begins to gain national attention. But of course with the introduction to the world also comes rumors and suspicions about what happened to Kiera and who was responsible. Almost immediately after Kira's story becomes national news, people start to look at the boyfriend, Josh. So, a little background about Josh and Kira's relationship. According to Kira's friends and family, Kira and Josh had been dating for about 6 years at the time that she went missing. And Josh and Kira had had an on again off again relationship, which is not like uncommon if they had been together for 6 years. Like she was younger when they started dating and, you know, relationships go through things, but um Apparently, during some of those off times, Josh ended up having children, which I'm sure kind of complicated the situation, um, you know, with another woman. But by all accounts, the things, things were fine between the couple and the weeks leading up to Kira going missing. And as I said, this pregnancy was planned. So Kira was excited. But because Josh never gave any interviews, we don't really know how Josh may have felt about the baby. And, you know, reminder, this would have been Kira's first child, but Josh was already a father to more than one child, so... You know, he may not have been as excited, but I mean, you never know. Like, it, he could have been just as excited. But like I said, there's no, there's no interview from Josh. There's no explanation from him. So we don't really know how he felt about it. And I couldn't find anything from kiera's family maybe saying how Josh may have felt about the pregnancy or if he was equally as excited um, as kiera So Josh is considered a person of interest really early on in this investigation, which is typical in these cases because the significant other is usually the first suspect. But Kira's family does not think that Josh had anything to do with Kira's disappearance. In the interview with the local radio station two weeks after she went missing, Keisha Phillips, Kira's sister, said that she didn't think that Josh had anything to do with it and she didn't believe that he was involved in any way. And she didn't agree with the rumors surrounding Josh and, you know, his family was being accused and, you know, they were apparently being attacked on social media, Um, but she didn't believe that he had anything to do with her disappearance. Now, one of the reasons the public was so focused on Josh had to do with his relationship with his children's mother. So... Apparently, Josh and the mother of his children weren't just co-parents. It's revealed that Josh and his children's mother were actually in a relationship that might have, and she might have also been pregnant. Now, this comes in the wake of Kira's disappearance and, you know, internet sleuths and, you know, internet detectives, and they're trying to find out what happened to Kira, and they end up kind of discovering this information. Now, we have been unable to independently confirm this part of the story about whether or not she was pregnant at the time or whether or not they were actually in a relationship. But Josh's behavior throughout the course of this investigation does not scream devastated boyfriend. And we'll you know we'll come a little bit back to that later on. It's now been two weeks and Kiara is still missing. The South Side Chicago neighborhood where she lived is covered in missing person flyers with Kiara's face and description. Her family has been holding vigils and speaking to the media in an effort to keep Kiara's story out there but her family is getting more and more worried as the days and weeks go by with no signs of cure. So we haven't talked much about Joseph Coles, but he's Kara's father. And he was a distraught father who had been actively searching for his daughter. He was traveling from Wisconsin, where he'd been living at that point, to Chicago to assist in the searches. And, you know, at this point with Kara missing for over two weeks, he had started sleeping in his car outside of Kara's apartment. And, you know, it's October in Chicago. I assume it's cold at night. She lives on the south side. Um, It's not the best neighborhood. So I assume there's some dangers. And so the fact that he's sleeping in his car outside of her apartment just shows how dedicated he is to his daughter. Um, and, you know, her apartment was the last place that she was known to be seen. And I believe that he wanted to be close uh, to where she was last seen. So on October 18th, police make an announcement in the case. They say that they are now suspecting that foul play was involved in Kira's disappearance. Now, reporting in the Associated Press quotes the Chicago PD as saying, Based on the length of time of Kira's disappearance and the fact that she has fallen off the grid, police suspect possible foul play. We continue to get leads and are following up diligently on those leads. But in mid-October, two days before police released that statement, Kira's mom spoke to local ABC Chicago station WLS, and she said that, Quote, it's possible that she became overwhelmed by everything that was going on in her life. And she said that her daughter had just recently moved into that apartment. She goes on to say, you know, maybe something did happen where she was overcome with a lot. You know, when you are pregnant, you are emotional, she said. She said, I want to say that she just went somewhere. I didn't want to tell nobody. And then and she didn't want to tell nobody. And then she will come home. But I don't feel that, Karen Phillips said. So now this revelation two weeks after Kara's disappearance reveals that perhaps everything wasn't great in Kara's life and that maybe she did have a reason to leave on her own um, and that maybe was an option. But I, I, however, kind of don't feel that way because I think at this point, Karen is just an emotional mom who can't find her daughter. And I think she wanted to introduce the idea that Kira left on her own as a way to ease her own pain. It wasn't a way to introduce a different theory. And I would, you know, because the alternative was that Kira was taken. And although I've never been through this situation, I would assume that it's easier to believe that she willingly left on her own because she was stressed out about life and she's okay somewhere else versus the other option, which is that something bad happened to her and that that's why you haven't heard from her. It's also important to understand that no one else is saying this at this time. Kira's father isn't saying this. Kira's sister isn't saying this. No one else is saying this. And that's, you know, lends more to the theory that, you know, her mom was really just destroyed at the time that she made that statement. In the months following Kira's disappearance, police continue to search for Kira, but still there's nothing, like no trace of Kira. Kira's family during this entire time is also searching for Kira. They never give up. They're constantly passing out flyers, you know, knocking on doors, um, just like they were in the days that, you know, followed her disappearance. So in January of 2019, we're now two months after Kira has disappeared and her family and coworkers hold a press conference um, and this is you know part of their long efforts of you know of getting people to hear Kira's story and getting in front of the media so m- a lot of people spoke at that press conference but Karen's uh, Karen Kira's mom speaks at that pre- press conference and what Karen reveals is that Josh Kira's boyfriend and the father of Kira's unborn child was not cooperating with police Now, this revelation would only lend to the theory that Josh had something to do with her disappearance because why else would you not help police find Kiera? Like, despite all of this, you know, him not helping her, you know, the, you know, suspicion that he may have another relationship and another woman pregnant, Josh is still not a suspect at this time. So, in March 2019, we are now fast-forwarding, and it's now five months after Kiera was last seen, and the police are releasing new information regarding the disappearance of Kira. Now at this time, Kier would have been eight months pregnant. Uh, she was due in April. And so as these months are approaching, her family is experiencing a new desperation because they know that the baby that Kira was pregnant with you know, is, should be due soon. So NBC News reports that police have now narrowed down a person of interest in the case. Previous to the police releasing this information, they had been really tight-lipped regarding the case. Like, there's been no information. They have not listed a suspect. They have not given a theory about what may have happened to Kira. So this is a big revelation coming from the police that they have narrowed down a person of interest. Uh, Police say that in the months following Kira's disappearance, that they have searched in and around the city of Chicago, but there has been, quote, no signs of life since Kira was last seen. So what the police say about the person of interest is this, quote, we have a pretty good idea of what transpired. Now it's a matter of finding evidence. We are now out of the option opinion business. We are basing everything we do on fact and evidence. A detective's personal opinion, quite frankly, doesn't matter. And then he goes on to say a minimum of two or three people of interest um, who were last seen with Kira are the Are the people of interest? So I'm like two or three people because we knew that Josh was a person of interest, but who are the other people? So he goes on to say, We've narrowed down our group here to a personal associate of hers, a friend who was one of the last people to see her. And then he says, We haven't found her yet, and that puts us in a difficult position. So he never goes on to say who the people are, what their association with Kira is, and the reasons that he is giving is because Kira is a missing person and they don't want to do anything to jeopardize the investigation if Kira is in fact still alive. Now, what's interesting about this quote is that this quote is pulled from a news article, but it is credited as being from a Dateline episode. Now, I can Not find a clip of this Dateline episode. So I really don't know uh, what context the police officer is speaking in when he says we're out of the opinion business. Like there's no, I'm literally just pulling quotes from the article because I cannot find this Dateline episode anywhere. So the statements that the police give initially give Kira's family a renewed hope that finally they're going to get some answers about what happened to Kira or who was involved or something. But April 23rd comes and that was Kira's due date. And what should have been a joyous occasion for Kira's family welcoming new life is instead a painful reminder that Kira and her unborn baby are still missing and they still do not have answers. Despite the police's statements in March about the people of interest, no arrests have been made, and the family is getting very few answers from the Chicago PD. And with each day that passes, the pain of not knowing what happened to Kira grows deeper for her friends and family. However, Joseph, Kira's dad, who quit his job and is now living in Chicago, is quoted as saying in an article in the Chicago Sun-Times, All I can do is keep hope alive. I take my grandkids, we pass out flyers every day, we don't miss a day. By the end of the summer of 2019, Kira's family has not gotten any answers. And the police have still not said who, the, what the evidence is and, and, and who these people are of interest are. And what they're saying is that they don't have any evidence to support arrest. But they also are not identifying who these people are. The public doesn't know. And we're not really clear if the family knows at this time, if they're telling the family. But what we're getting from the family is that they're getting very little information. So it's hard for us to believe that they even know who these people of interest are. As we quickly approach the one year mark of Kira's disappearance, the police didn't have any more updates concerning Kira's case, and the case seems to be getting cold. So what do we think happened to Kiera? What do we know at this point in Kiera's case? Well, we do know that there are issues with Josh. We know that he is not cooperated with police. We know that he potentially had another relationship and that that woman was also said to be pregnant. Um, we don't know if that's just a red flag or if Josh is guilty or if he's just guilty of being a really bad boyfriend. And those are the things that we do not have answers to. And with Chicago PD not releasing any information, those answers kind of go, you know, unanswered. We also learned that at some point Chicago... Josh leaves Chicago and moves. And guess who Josh moves with? His child's mother. So not only does Josh not help Kira's family, but he also moves out of town with the mother of his children, which, again, lends to the theory that Josh and his children's mother were indeed in a romantic relationship. Like, it's not just typical that you up and move out of state with your children's mother after your pregnant girlfriend goes missing if there's not something that was already kind of in the works before that. So internet detectives have long thought that Josh and his children's mother were both involved in Kira's disappearance. There have even been rumors that the surveillance video showing Kira that day was in fact, Josh's baby mama dressed, as, dressed in Kira's uniform to throw the police off when they went looking for her. So, you know, could this woman, the the baby mama, the, the children's mother, the girlfriend, could she be one of the two or three people that are considered a person of interest in the case? You know, and then we also remember have her friend, um, Makita, who had given the interview to Fox 32, um, and she admitted that she was one of the last people to see Kira. So is she also one of those people that is included in, you know, the interest, you know, the people of interest? And I mean... It, we don't have any evidence that she had anything to do with it. And maybe she would just be involved because of her proximity to the timeline. Um, but once again, none of these have, theories have been proved. These are all speculation. They're all rumors. Um, and since no one has been arrested, we really have no idea or no, you know, what happened. Nobody's been named as a suspect. Um, and nobody has really been named as an official person of interest out of that announcement. So we really don't know what happened. So there are also kind of some crazy theories surrounding uh, Karen Phillips' boyfriend, uh, which also, like, never panned out, and the police ruled him out really, really early on in the process. So, you know, like I said, this case went public and it it caught on. And I guess then when that comes, a lot of rumors and speculations and articles and threads and things like that. So there was a lot of information out there that's just kind of unverifiable and we don't know if it's true or not, but we feel like it's important to, you know, add it because there are theories of the case. And as the one year anniversary of Kara's disappearance comes and goes, Kira's family once again reaches out to the media in an effort to bring renewed attention to Kira's case in hopes that after all this time, someone would be ready to come forward with information. Kira's family h- held a candlelight vigil at the post office where Kira worked and once again pleaded to the public for help and in any information about where Kira is or her last whereabouts. And at this point, Kira's case is still open, but police don't seem to have any new information regarding where Kira is. And Kira's mom still believes in her heart that Kira is alive. She tells Fox 32 in October 2019 that, quote, "until they show me a body, I believe she's alive." So we fast forward to 2020, and you know, 2020 brought with it a lot of things, a pandemic and an election. But for Kira's family, 2020 brought to them another year with no answers. The year goes by. April, the month Kira might have given birth passes. They should be getting ready to c- celebrate Kira's baby's first birthday, but instead Kira's family is still searching for Kira and and her baby. So in July 2020, Kira's family gathered outside the police headquarters to demand answers. Kira's family is angry at this point understandably because they haven't getting, gotten any answers about Kira's case. At this point, she's been missing for almost two years. They they don't know anything, and they are frustrated with the police. And Kira's father has said that, you know, no one is helping them. So they he says, you know, quote, they keep telling me that they are watching these people and they've got these people under surveillance, but they're not filling me in on nothing. And, you know, that kind of has been a theme for the past few months in this case where their family is saying, we're not getting any answers from the police. So the initial reports state that the police were suspending Kiera's case. And they sent this email to the Chicago Tribune. And their reasoning was that they had exhausted their leads. But then the CP, The Chicago PD comes back later and clarifies the statement and say that they were in fact still working on the case, along with the post office inspector general and the FBI. And they state that Kira's case remains a high-risk missing person with potential foul play suspected. But Kira's family is not satisfied with this. Like this is not that them just saying this. The confliction between is it closed? Is it not closed? Is you know who they're working with is is not satisfying to her family. And once again, their 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 position is that they have not received any information about what has been going on with their their daughter. So in September 2020, Kira's family and a local activist. Ah, uh, hold a birthday party for what would have been Kira's twenty eighth birthday, and the local news station covers the event. And once again, Kira's family is pleading with the public for answers, um, any leads, any information about what happened to their daughter, um, and what you know what happened to Kira. So, in February of twenty twenty one, after months with no new information. There was a break in the case, but I don't think it's gonna be the one that you expect. So Karen Phillips is given, gives an interview to local NBC5. And in this interview, Karen reveals that the surveillance camera footage that had been used in almost every single news story about Kira's disappearance and used actually on her missing person flyer was not Kira. She told NBC5 that after two years she was ready to disclose the truth about the video. According to Karen, she knew almost immediately after she saw the video that that was not her daughter. Apparently, in the days after Kira's disappearance, NBC Chicago's Regina Waldrop said that she was in the neighborhood knocking on doors when someone like yelled out to her and was like, hey, my husband has something. And when she met with the husband, he shows her the video and he tells her like, this is Kiara, this is Kira on this video. And at the time, she's thinking, okay, this is going to be a huge break in the case. Um, everybody thought that, especially when it went viral, like this is, this is a big break, this is a lead, we see her on surveillance camera. So Karen, again, tells NBC5 that the night that she received the video, she said she kept looking at it over and over again and she knew that something wasn't right. Karen stated that the woman in the video didn't walk like her daughter and that Kira was smaller and shorter than the young woman that was in the video. So the next day, Karen says that she goes to Chicago B- PD to talk to them about her concerns that the images in the video are not Kiera. And the Chicago PD confirms that it's not Kira in the video. But Karen says the Chicago the Chicago PD tells her not to say anything. And apparently, the young woman that is seen in that surveillance image was another young woman who lived on Kira's block and also happened to have worked for the post office. So it was really just a coincidence. Um, and Karen said that she was afraid to say anything because she didn't want to jeopardize the case, and the police told her not to say anything, so she just didn't say anything. But this raises some serious questions. Like, why did the Chicago PD tell... Karen not to say anything about the video not being Kiera. Like, that seems really strange because if that's not Kiera, that does not help the case at all. Like, it only helps if that's actually Kiera. So why are they instructing her not to say anything? And if that's not Kiera, how does that obstruct the investigation? Because that wasn't her to begin with. So what was the motive behind that? Like, why why did they want to do that? We, we really don't know. And Kiera's mom doesn't, have an explanation. She just knows that they told her not to do it. And, you know, it's alarming because it might have thrown somebody off. Like they may have thought that they saw her on that day, but the video may have made them think, oh, maybe that wasn't her or maybe that, you know, like, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really weird for the cops to intentionally put out false evidence about a missing person case. But, you know, Anyway, so Karen also reveals that there are two surveillance videos from that night. Once again, brand new information. And they are from the night of October 2nd. And that is the last day that Kira was seen or heard from. So Karen says that the first video was captured on a neighbor, a neighbor surveillance camera. Again, I'm not sure if it's the same neighbor or a different neighbor, but another, you know, a, a neighbor's surveillance camera of Kiara and her boyfriend Josh leaving Kira's appointment and getting into separate cars. Now the second video was obtained by the police and it shows Kira at an ATM withdrawing $400 and giving it to Josh. However, the police won't confirm the existence of either one of these videos, but this is coming straight from Karen. Karen also reveals that Kira had gotten into a fight with the mother of Josh's other children and was banned from Josh's house, which is once again weird. So, you know, this is new information because up until, you know, we heard from them at the press conference about him not cooperating, they had previously been defending him. You know, her mom, their parent. Her parents seemed to have liked him. Her family seemed to have liked him. So to know that he was banning his girlfriend from his house over a fight that he had with his children's mother, that's just, that's really weird. And it's just, you know, one of the many weird things about Josh and how uncooperative he is and his behavior um, following Kira's disappearance. And, you know, earlier we said that his behavior was, you know, less than a concerned boyfriend. And this just is one more of those instances in which he was not a concerned boyfriend. So Karen says that Josh didn't not only speak to police, but he never helped in the search for his pregnant girlfriend of six years. So we discover that Josh ended up moving to Louisiana in this uh, interview that she gives. But, you know, once again, he didn't talk to police. He wasn't cooperative. He didn't assist in the search of his pregnant girlfriend. And then he moves to Louisiana with his children's mother. So the police say that, you know, Kira's case is still active and they continue to work with the local post office inspector, but there have been no new leads in Kira's story. And it's still a mystery. It's it's hard to understand that in a case that has so much, it actually has so little. Kira disappeared without a trace and left her family devastated without answers. And to K- the, pre- the baby that Kira was pregnant with would be turning too soon so the fact that there's no information about Kira's case no suspects names um you know and they seem to be no closer to finding out what happened to her m- is no absolutely devastating for her family um you know it's important that we keep this case relevant you know Kira deserves this her baby deserves it and her family deserves it like we deserve they deserve to know what happened to Kira you know, good, bad, or indifferent, like they need to know. And if, you know, she's no longer here, they deserve to be able to lay her to rest. If she is here, they deserve to have answers. So, you know, we wanted to highlight this story and and tell Kara's story in the hopes that somebody out there listening knows something, saw something, knows somebody that knows something. And, you know, after all of this time, feels compelled to come forward and, you know, say something. So, Kira is uh, five foot, four inches tall. At the time of her disappearance, she weighed 125 pounds. She has a heart tattoo on her right hand and another one that says Lucky Libra on her back. She was three months pregnant when she disappeared. And if you have any information about Kira, please contact the Chicago PD, the Post Office Inspector General's Office, or the FBI. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Black On Podcast. Remember, in honor of our premiere, there are two more episodes already available. Seeking the truth never gets old.